Warning, Mombies will discuss information regarding true crime or other topics that are spooky in nature. This may be offensive to some listeners. For more information on the potential trigger warnings in this episode, please review our show notes and be cautious when listening. I'm Beth. I'm Christina. And I'm Holly. And we're the Mombies. great question weird just just absolutely strange how do you even do that i feel like that's gotta mean something something thing hello spooky humans welcome back to the mommies podcast i'm beth i'm holly um what's happening holly I don't know. We've only been talking for 30 minutes now. <laughs> All day, actually. And when we do more than one episode, it's weird because I'm like, oh, we already talked about stuff. I know. I'm like, oh, we already we already had that conversation. Oh, what else? Oh, I'm going camping. With oh, yeah. Katie, yeah. with our Katie this weekend, we're going to go camping and kayaking. Yay. It's going to be so fun. We're going to have so I'm much excited. fun. It's going to be a blast. And then... I don't know what else is coming up. Uh, we're like doing there's... we're doing birthday parties all weekend long. So oh, birthday party! Yeah, so we've got uh, Sophia's friend's little brother's party. Okay. Well, and I'm friends with them with his mom. Okay. So. And then um, her friend at the street, her birthday party is at the pool. Nice. So my at husband may have pool? to do that because, uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, which we've just recorded five minutes ago, but you guys got a week ago, my boobs are burnt. So <laughs> I don't know that the pool is going to be happening mm-hmm. for me this weekend. <laughs> Um, did we mention that we're going to Eckert's? We did mention that we're going to Eckert's. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Pick some raspberries. I don't think we said why. Oh, no. What so, it was. I don't even think we said what Eckert's even was. No, we didn't. We just, sidetracked? You know what, or... we mentioned it in the Saxtown Axe Murders okay. episode. Uh, everyone probably does not remember that. But So Eckert's is a farm that you can go to, and they have, like, pick your own fruits. Um, and they just, the other day on Facebook, posted that they were doing uh, pick your own black raspberries. And uh, I'm the one who saw it. I love Eggers. I take the kids all the time. And um, my kids have this book. I do not remember the name of the book, but it like talks about the rainbow of colors for fruits and vegetables. So it's like, you know, tomatoes are red. Strawberries are also red. And then when you turn the page, it says, look what else can be red. And it just has a whole list of everything that's red. Then the next color is orange. It'll say, you know, like, I don't know. Tomatoes can be orange. I don't know, whatever. I'm just making right. up. But yeah. And then carrots are orange. And when you flip the page, it says, look what else can be orange. So it shows you like that raspberries can be white and they can be black and, you know, all these things. And my kids, all three children have been obsessed with this book. But you can you don't usually find the, all those strange colors of things. You see yellow corn. You don't see red corn or blue corn as much at the store. So oh, we can it. never find all those different <laughs> things. And I was like, fuck yes. Black raspberries. Black- so and my kids, which uh, I didn't know was a thing. So no, I'm like, I cool. They're in the book, I think. And my kids demolish raspberries. So I was like, this sounds like fun. Let's go do that. So yep, something not super expensive. We're buying food. Mm-hmm. So because right now my husband doesn't yeah. have a job. So or we could just take them to Rachel's house and they can just pick mulberries. That's with true. Katie in the back. Here That's you true. go. They can just go out there with Aunt Katie. You guys mm-hmm. go do that. Have fun. <laughs> That's what we did while we were at Bunko. Yeah, <laughs> watch Katie pick mulberries and wash them and make us all eat them <laughs> <We did. laughs> she for real was like eat these 
Yep. And we're like, okay. She's adorable. She is pretty cute. I think we should keep her. Yeah. We're keeping you, Katie. You're not even listening to this. I think she's behind. She told me the other day. I'm like, I'm so sorry I'm behind, which I think is hilarious when people are like, I'm so sorry I'm behind in episodes. I'm like, well, fuck you. And then I'm right. like, I don't really care. I'm just kidding. It's right. fine. You know? How dare you have if a you, life? If you don't listen, I'm not going to get hurt. Right. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, speaking of listening. Fuck, I didn't write down his screen name. So um, one of our listeners has been like interacting a lot on social media and Hell stuff. So yeah. I just wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, so Maximum Overdrive. I don't Hello. remember the rest of it, but hey, Maximum Overdrive. Um, um, yeah, so he's just been commenting on all our social media and and uh, talking thank back you, and forth you, with you. us. And we appreciate you and thank you for listening. We're glad that you're here. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, you and everybody else enjoy this episode. Uh, so <laughs> today's case. So I've been following this for a while now. I don't even remember how I found it. It was just one that like randomly showed up on the news app or something. I don't know. And I've been following it, waiting for an update. Uh, and so this update hit my phone two nights ago. We were in the car on an hour long drive coming home from Bunko with two of our friends, uh, Katie, who you guys know, and Robin. Hi, Hello, Robin. Uh, and so I just literally was in the backseat and announced to everyone, well, I just found my next case. Uh, <laughs> we're like, yeah. <laughs> everyone was like, what? Uh, so I'm pretty confident that you've never heard this one or heard of it. But we do have some listeners in Australia who are probably familiar with it. Ooh. <gasps> Yay. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about this tonight. Today for you guys, it's nighttime for us. We're going to talk about the story of Kathy Falbig. Okay. Know this one? No. Okay. Not yet. But I'm horrible with names. Here so I, I did. I So as I said, I found this one two nights ago. Oh, I didn't find it two nights ago. I decided on it two nights ago. I was going back and forth between like four other cases trying to decide what I was going to do. So I basically did this entire case today. No, not basically. I definitely did this entire case today. So um, I hope I didn't miss anything. I, I worked real hard today in between everything else. So... If I miss anything, killing it because I was at her house for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I worked Go on it, like, you. for an hour this morning and then two hours after she left, and then here we are. So hopefully, I didn't miss anything. If I did, you know, that's why you listen to me. So. Yeah, we're very <laughs> let us know and we will put it in. We'll add it in. Uh, so Kathleen Donovan, who I'll refer to as Kathy from here on out just to make it easier, so she and her mom have the same name. She was born June 14th, 1967, to parents Kathleen Donovan and Thomas John Britton. Thomas worked as an enforcer for organized crime in the Australian underworld. According to a great article in the Sydney Morning Herald written by Jordan Baker, which I'm going to quote a lot. It's, most of my research was from that because it was a really, really great article. Uh, Thomas was known for, quote, capping knees, breaking legs, and putting his hands to coworkers' throats. Oh, my gosh. So he was a nice guy. Sounds great. Just kidding. <laughs> he was an asshole. Uh, he treated his wives even worse than that. Oh, that's not great. Yeah. Slashing his first wife's neck. What the fuck, bro? Right. There was no story about that one. Uh, she survived the attack, but his second wife... Kathy's mother wasn't so lucky. After a fight with Thomas, Kathleen stormed off, taking some of his money with her. Not probably not a great idea when you're talking <sighs> about someone who uh, works with the underworld. Uh, she went to stay with friends. What's the underworld like? Like the I guess like the mafia. The mafia that okay. kind of situation. Yeah. They didn't call it the mafia. They called it the underworld. So I guess that's the be underworld. Our but then, I was yeah. just like the yeah, equivalent. Yeah. Okay, maybe our equivalent. I think uh, organized crime. Uh, so. Kathleen went to stay with friends. 
And Thomas waited outside for her to come home one day. And when she climbed out of her taxi, he attacked her. She was stabbed uh, either 28 or 24 times. I saw it both in different places with a carving knife. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Uh, It was reported. I think this was in the Sydney Morning Herald that after the, the attack, he cradled her body and told her, quote, I'm sorry, darling. I had to do it. Sheesh. Fuck you. Um, at the time, Kathy was only 18 months old. After her mother's murder, she was bounced around between relatives' homes until being moved into a foster home. The article in the Sydney Morning Herald mentions Kathy's name being changed multiple times across these moves. So, I mean, even family members are changing her name. Okay. Like, literally, like, her first name? Like, her name is Kathleen, and they changed it to Liza. Oh, my god. Like, completely changing her name. Or Lisa. Right, and Lisa. Um... And it says she was labeled too difficult by an aunt and was incorrectly diagnosed as intellectually disabled because she was so detached and distracted. Uh, It was said that, quote, between two and three, she had severe temper tantrums, aggression, and crying fits. You know, like a fucking toddler. Oh, like a two or three-year-old? Right. (laughs) It's like, okay, that's... Turns out my kids are pretty fucked up because that's exactly what all three of mine did between (laughs) two and three. Yeah. (laughs) It was believed by at least one psychologist that she was sexually abused by her father. I think they said she was, like, like, I don't know, I'm going to say obsessed. That's not the word I'm looking for, but, like, obsessed with, like, sexual things at a young age kind of a thing. Um, Kathy later told a psychiatrist that her foster mother was, quote, controlling to an excessive degree, describing being hit with a belt and a wooden spoon. Uh, apparently, her foster father was even more harsh, was the word that was used, with the discipline. So I don't know. There was no examples. There were no examples. Uh, of what he did with no outlet for her own feelings kathy buried herself in books as an escape which i mean i think we all kind of did that a lot of us did Uh, a lot of us did (gasps) i didn't have that kind of stuff i tried you know what i used to be able to read like i couldn't read a lot but i used to read the chicken soup books i did i love me some chicken soup i read those Mm -hmm. that makes sense though because you have add and they're Mm -hmm. shorter stories Mm -hmm. and yeah that makes a lot of sense i also if you you know i didn't know this until my husband has adhd and he didn't like to read it which is really hard for me because i love to read and you know i tried all kind i was like let's read a book out loud together and then he's like i don't want you reading to me and i was like okay fine all right whatever (laughs) so um uh we found that by accident that uh, young adult books are better for people with adhd so he actually now he doesn't now because we have children and no one has any fucking time we barely have time to wipe our butts but you know we found that he can read those and he can actually read them beginning to end and stay focused with them and get through them because there's not so many things happening at nice. the same time. yes so, so if you if you don't like to read and you, it's attributed to your adhd maybe try some young adult books and mm-hmm. see if maybe that's a better fit for you because there might be that might be a way that you can read and you might love it uh anyway uh so as a teenager, she began writing in journals as a way to process her trauma, which is a great thing, and probably everyone should do that. Oh, absolutely. Write letters and don't ever intend to give them. It's a great way to get things out. Now, thanks to that mountain of trauma Kathy experienced, she was, I think this is like in like lower levels, lower grade levels, she was a loner, and she felt socially isolated and was untrusting. Thanks to a boyfriend at age 15, Kathy was able to finally build some desperately needed friendships. A few of those friendships were quoted. A few friends were quoted in the Sunday morning, Sydney Morning Herald. Jeez, what am I doing? An article saying that Kathy had a huge laugh, was easygoing, and always saw the fun in things. One friend even described her as protective, saying that Kathy stood up for her against bullies. Oh, go Kathy. Mm-hmm. I liked that. 
On her 16th birthday, Kathy learned from a caseworker that her parents weren't her biological parents. Her dad had murdered her mom, and she'd never been adopted, only fostered. What? Wait, what? They never adopted her. They were just fostering her. It was the same oh. parents, but were fostering her the whole time. Never oh. adopted her. Oh. And were treating her like shit. Oh, what? And I, so, it, and I, like, some of the articles just said that she, that, um, she found out she had been, never been adopted, but then, um, I watched a documentary that I think I have the name somewhere later, but I don't want to say it just yet because it gives some things away. Um, and they, and that, the friends were saying that she learned then that she, that her parent, what had happened with her parents. So I don't think she even realized that, I guess, because she was so young. No one wanted to tell her. Right. Why would you? We're happened. your parents. So. all you know. Um, obviously, finding this out on her 16th birthday, no less, really affected Kathy. Um, and in her final, final year of school, things at home came to a head. She wanted to quit school, but she was told that if she did, she had to move out. So according to her friends, Kathy finished school. She turned 18. She moved in with a friend and she got a job at an Indian restaurant. Okay. Which I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one night she went dancing with the friend and she met Craig Fulbig. Craig was six years older than Kathy and he came from the big family that she'd always dreamed of. Her friend said that, Kat, that Craig was funny, entertaining, and he seemed genuinely caring and protective of Kathy. The couple moved in together quickly and they got engaged in 1986. Shit. They were married a year later. Oh, shit. Yeah, they moved quick. Kathy's foster parents refused to attend her wedding. Okay, bye. Assholes. Um, that wasn't fair. Maybe they had a good reason, but I don't like that. Uh, in 1988, Kathy became pregnant with the couple's first child. She immediately improved her diet and convinced Craig to stop smoking. A friend said she could hear the joy in Kathy's voice when she shared the news. Oh. On February 1st, 1989, Kathy gave birth to a son. Caleb. While he was still in the hospital, it was noted that he had troubles breathing and swallowing at the same time. So I guess he was doing those at the same time. That's how it was worded, but I think that's what that means. Um, he was diagnosed with... <laughs> I just started to try and say it, and I was like, oh, wait, look, you wrote it right next to that. You're like, I don't Phonetically. remember. Yeah. Uh, laryngomalacia, which is when the soft tissues of the voice box fall over the airway and partially block it. Oh, my goodness. Typically, this isn't a dangerous condition, but it does cause, like, noisy breathing. Okay. And most babies outgrow it, but it can be life-threatening. It can require surgery to correct it. Uh, on February 19th, Kathy fed Caleb at 1 a.m., and at 2.53 a.m., she found Caleb dead in his bassinet. No. It was later ruled that Caleb died from sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS, which is the sudden and unexplained death of a baby younger than one year old. Oh. Now, Kathy spoke about the horrors of losing a child, saying, quote, when you lose a child, it's the worst thing in the world. I just felt that I was failing at the plan of life, which I thought I was supposed to be undertaking. Well, that's horrible. Yeah. Uh, Kathy became pregnant again. And on June 3rd, 1990, the Falbigs welcomed another son, Patrick. In the hospital, Patrick was faced with a ton of tests to ensure that everything was okay. When it was determined that Patrick was a healthy baby boy, the family went home to begin their life as a family of three. Kathy and Craig were over the moon with joy. Uh, on October 18th, Kathy went in and found Patrick in his crib, either not breathing or struggling to breathe. Again, not sure which one. Um, she called for an ambulance and they were able to revive him, though it was reported that he was blue as he was rushed to the hospital or blue when they got there. Um, as a result of this episode, Patrick was left blind and it turned out he had ep- he either had epilepsy you know, 
he had epilepsy and that's what caused it or he had epilepsy because of it i'm not i didn't quite understand that right how it was worded um over the next four months patrick had more seizures and more trips to the hospital on February 18th, 1991, just shy of two years after Caleb's death, Craig awoke to the sounds of his wife screaming. Kathy had found eight-month-old Patrick dead. Just like his What? Older... <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, like his older brother, Patrick's death was attributed to SIDS. I... No. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Hey, the story's not done yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's, it's not getting better. Oh, my right? God. Uh, Kathy's friends say she was devastated, of course, and left to, quote, fend for herself and dig her way out of her own depression. Yeah. One article said she caught Craig cheating on her with a friend around this time. Oh, go fuck yourself. Right? I was like, what? Fuck you. Oh, my God. Also, not your friend. I said something about the friend being drunk. So... Uh, maybe the friend didn't probably also fucked the friend a little bit. Hmm. So probably exactly also fucked the friend. I was like, probably also friend, fucked the friend a little bit. Maybe the friend didn't realize you know or whatever, what she right. Fuck you too. Definitely the husband for sure. Are you kidding me? Can you keep your dick in your pants while we're going through this? Right. Jesus Christ. Uh, Kathy said, "Quote: My depressions were when they hit quite deep. I felt alone and that I'd failed." After Patrick's death, the Fulbigs moved. And in 1992, Kathy became pregnant for the third time. I think this one, I don't think this one was planned. I think this one was a surprise. I know about that, Kathy. I know about that. (laughs) On October October 14th, 1992, Kathy gave birth to a daughter, Sarah. A friend who had a child around the same time said that she and Kathy would hang out and watch movies and play with the babies. She described Kathy as a vigilant mother, doing everything she could to keep Sarah safe. On August 29th, 1993... It happened again. You're lying. I am not lying. Kathy found 10-month-old Sarah dead. In response to this newest heartbreak, Kathy refused to wash handprints off the windows. She was devastated. Her friend said it was scary and devastating. She even said she herself was too upset to go to the funeral, which to me is just further proof of how alone Kathy must have felt. When your own friend is saying, I just can't go to this funeral. It's too hard for me. I don't know. I I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know how you keep going. I I don't know what you're talking about right now. How do you? How do you? Move <laughs> I. Uh, that's awful. That's I, horrible. You can't have any more children. Right. I. I mean, I don't think I. I could any. Like, no. No. We had three miscarriages, and I was like, I can't do that again. No. So when I got pregnant with my with Sophia, my oldest, I was like, okay, well, if we lose this one, that's I'm not ever, never again. We can't do it again. Um, thank God we didn't. But uh, Kathy said, quote, just as I was starting to think of a future, Sarah was taken away. I had a belief that my children had decided they were not staying with me anymore, and I did not understand why. I blamed myself. Oh, I missed a part. Once again, Sarah's death was attributed to SIDS. The full big... Uh, the Fulbigs had lost three children in four and a half years to SIDS. Please come after her, you know? Nope. <sighs> Does that mean yes? <laughs> <laughs> nope. And a little bit more before that happens. Uh, 
1996, three years after Sarah's death, the Fulbigs moved to, to Singleton's and moved again. Uh, that same year, they decided to try for another baby. And that same friend that was that was saying she couldn't go to the funeral was saying, you know, how upset she was. Like, I can't believe you're doing this again. You know, out of worry and saying, I don't know if I can handle this again. Right. Because you're with this friend and you've watched this friend lose all these babies. And these babies are not, you know, it's it's hard when you lose a baby to miscarriage. It's hard when you lose a baby like, who is stillborn. But I feel like it, and not to compare people's trauma, but I just feel like it has to be harder the further oh, you go absolutely. along in that process. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Uh, again, not minimizing, like, I've I've had four miscarriages, so I, you know, I get it. But the further along we were in that process, and we never got very far along in that process. My miscarriages were all, all fairly early. But the further along we got, the harder it was. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're talking about, right, a one-minute-old baby or a 40-year-old baby. You know, exactly. there's just, a, there's, de- yeah. Having that time to... And that daughter, her daughter was the oldest yeah yeah right yeah uh i think so yeah yeah um so i just just feel like it like having having that shot like it's harder you know for me for my example is with mine you know my first three miscarriage or it's it's counted as two but one was twins so it's three babies you know were very very early and then my last one, I was at 12 weeks when I found out. And so at 12 weeks, now I've heard a heartbeat. Now I'm, we're getting ready to find out the gender of the baby. That's harder because now I've heard your heartbeat and all those things. You know what I mean? So that was harder than, than doing it in the beginning. I feel like getting further and having a name and all of those things would be harder. I feel like getting to the point where, you know, you have a baby who's stillborn and you're holding that baby has to be harder. But getting to the point where that child is in your life mm-hmm. and is now gone, I just... I don't even know how you get up again. Right. Three times. Right. And especially when you don't have other children in the house that you, you have to get up for. How, how do you, how do you keep moving? How do you do that? I... Um, so we said that they're going to try for another baby. So on August 7th of 1997, their fourth child was born. They named her Laura. Kathy was incredibly protective. No one was allowed to babysit unless they'd taken a CPR class. They had some kind of a baby monitor, they said, that hooked into the phone line. And the information was, like, uploaded to the hospital each morning. Like, I mean, this they were serious about, and this is 1997, so I know it's not the stuff we have now. Right. I don't even know what, what kind of monitor that would be. Uh, a woman that babysat for the Fulbigs was in the documentary, and she said, quote, everything was in place to make sure it didn't happen again. When she was around 10 months old, uh which baby might Laura I keep wanting to call her Sarah uh Laura was at this same babysitter's house and she fell asleep on the couch the sitter left the room to start some tea and when she came back Laura was a strange color the sitter couldn't tell if she was breathing or not so she moved Laura to the floor to perform CPR because she had CPR certification uh, the movement somehow triggered Laura to take two or three big deep breaths and then she was I guess okay uh, and the sitter tells a story in the documentary about the case. And she just, I mean, she just bursts into tears while she's talking about it. It must have been so traumatizing. And they don't mention any testing being done at that point or any further concern. But I, I can't imagine that didn't happen. I assume it was just left out of the documentary. Right. Um, at that point, I would assume they must have determined that Laura was okay. They'd made it through. She's won. No more SIDS risk. And we're good. On February 27th, 1999... Kathy calls for help once more. Beth. <laughs> I know. 
Uh, in the call, she says, quote, I need an ambulance. My baby is not breathing. She asks the dispatcher to hang on because she's trying to do CPR, but then she says she can't find a heartbeat. The dispatcher asks if she knows why this is happening, and Kathy heartbreakingly responds, quote, I've had three SIDS deaths already. Uh, Laura's death was ruled undetermined. The cause was undetermined. The pathologist did find myocarditis, which is inflammation in the middle muscular layer of the heart wall. It's serious and it can be fatal, but the pathologist felt that it wasn't significant enough to cause Laura's death. He pulled a police officer aside and expressed concern over the pattern of deaths in the Fulbig house because now we've had four deaths. Uh, police went to the home and they took photos as though they were photographing a crime scene. Holy shit. I know who I know what this is. Oh my God. I know what it is. There's no evidence that points to murder. Holy shit. No. 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 Oh my gosh, that poor mommy. I, no. I, she's strong and I can get why you would continue to try to have that because now you've had a baby. Right. You know what that love is, so you still want it, but... No. And what are the, I mean, but what are the chances? No. What do you, I mean, you have to think that that won't happen again. You yeah. have to be thinking everything's going to be okay now. Now it's happened and it's done. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen again. It's kept happening. At this, now around the same time, pediatrician Professor Sir Roy Meadow was in the news as an expert witness in a bunch of cases where mothers had multiple children die of SIDS and were subsequently charged with their murders. Meadows had a theory that is referred to as Meadows Law, which states that, quote, one sudden death is a tragedy, two suspicious, three murder. Uh, which is... And she has four. Um, all bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, that's not proof of anything. It's not how that works. Uh, quite a few of these women are discussed in the documentary, quote, uh, the baby killer conspiracy. I didn't name that before, which is a big source for this episode as well. It's currently available on Max and Discovery Plus if you want to watch it for free. Uh, so now, Craig and, Craig, Craig and Kathy were struggling. Their marriage was crumbling before their eyes. And I don't know how great it was before that, but uh, Craig, apparently suspicious of his wife, took it upon himself to read her journals. And I tried really hard to get, I told Holly this already, I tried really hard to get copies of the journals, but I couldn't find anything that had the whole journal entries. And I would like to read these things completely and not just a quote taken out of context. Um, I also, I feel like somewhere I saw notes where she talked in her journal about him not helping with the kids and that kind of a thing. But now I can't find it and I can't find the, the pages. Oh, so shit. I was like, damn it. I wanted to see sort of what she said about him, what she said about the relationship. So, um, so, I think I read that sentence already. So he took it upon himself to read her journals and he found passages about her guilt over the deaths of her children. She wrote some very troubling things, including, here's a whole shitload of quotes. Are you okay. ready? Quote, I know there's nothing wrong with them. Nothing out of the ordinary anyway, because it was me, not them. Okay. Uh, there was a quote that said, quote, I'm my father's daughter. Okay. Uh, another one that said, quote, I think I handled her fits of crying better than I did with Sarah. I've learned to, once getting to me, to walk away and breathe in for a while myself. It helps me cope and figure out how to help her. With Sarah, all I wanted was her to shut up. And one day she did. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. 
another one was, quote, very depressed with myself, angry and upset. I've done it. I lost it with her. That was uh, January 28th of 98. She was talking about Laura. I don't have dates on all of them, but I felt like that one was important. Uh, I yelled at her, a quote, I yelled at her so angrily that it scared her. She hasn't stopped crying. Got so bad, I nearly purposely dropped her on the floor and left her. I restrained enough to put her on the floor and walk away. Went to my room and left her to cry. Okay. Uh, This one I think was connected to that one, but it was put up as two separate ones. Quote, was gone probably only five minutes, but it seemed like a lifetime. I feel like the worst mother on this earth. Scared that she'll leave me now, like Sarah did. I knew I was short-tempered and cruel sometimes to her, and she left with a bit of help. What? I mean, they're, these are so hard to read because I don't really know how to react because <laughs> she didn't. I'm like, mm. right. I, Could that, it be a coincidence? That you, I, <laughs> right? No. And that one, that one right there I struggled with a little bit, but I do. If I hopefully I'll remember to talk about what she, what the explanation was for that later. But that was one that I was like, with a bit of help. Oh, that doesn't. That, right. A lot of the other stuff I can write off. I'm a mom. So I, your brain does some fucked up shit when you're stressed out and struggling. Uh, yeah, but if you just wrote those and your children weren't, hadn't died. Right. But that's the thing is, every, I mean, look, a lot of women have had thoughts like that. Oh, yes. And right. Probably I would say most mothers have had thoughts like that and the ones who say they haven't a lot of them are probably lying i think that it's you know it's i don't know i guess it comes down to either it's something or it's not but you can have those thoughts people have those thoughts all the time that doesn't mean that you did anything right especially when you're talking about something that i think We've all had a moment, regardless of if it's those exact same thoughts, we've all had a moment as a mom where you're in your fucking bathroom or your bedroom or the fucking pantry bawling your eyes out because you're so fucking stressed out about your kids and you love them so goddamn much, but you just are ready to lose your temper and you're trying to hold it together. Your brain will say some fucked up shit in that kind of oh absolutely, and I know you know because we're both moms. Yep, we you know and we're fairly open about that. It's the it's that her children didn't make it, but it's because her parent makes it heavier, right? right? Exactly. So it's hard because it does look real bad. Yeah, but also it looks real bad because the rest of us aren't fucking writing it down. That's true, and that was the only way she had to cope because she didn't have anybody to fucking cope with. I don't know. Anyway, let's let's keep going. Uh, Another quote. So, quote, she's a fairly good-natured baby. Thank goodness. It will save her from the fate of her siblings. I think she was warned. Uh Uh-huh. That's bad. Uh, And that's not a judgment call. I mean, it sounds bad. Uh, Quote, looking at the video, Sarah was boyish looking. Laura has definite feminine features. They are chalk and cheese. That must be a saying. If you're in Australia and you're listening, please go ahead and tell me what that means because I didn't know. Must be the opposites. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and truthfully, just as well. Wouldn't have handled another one like Sarah. She saved her life by being different. What the fuck? I know. I know. That sounds so bad. Um, and the fact that the way you're talking about the pri- your prior children, mm-hmm. they're f- they're dead, right? Ew. Yeah, I don't like that. Even if you're not guilty of something, 
Ew. Right. Yeah. Ew. But I think a lot of that, no. I think it could very well boil down to, to trauma. Yeah. I, and what, I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Like all, like all of those millions thing, of things. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'd be gross, in a fucking but... mental hospital for sure. So I'm like not being. Right, right, right. Ju- st- still, ew. No, I know you. I agree. Ew. Ew. But also I'm just trying to. You just say that they're just beautiful and perfect exactly the what they were. Right. Um, I mean, it's your private thing. I've thought all yeah. kinds of fucked up shit. I get it. And you're just writing it to yourself. Right, right. But Well, you thought you were. Fuck. You thought you were writing it right. to yourself. No, you're fucking not. Uh, quote, I think this baby deserves everything I can give her, considering I really gave nothing to the others. I think even my feelings towards this one are already deeper. Shame, but that's the way it is. I think it's because I'm 30 now and time to settle and bring up a child. Obviously, I wasn't ready before at all okay but i feel like that like i feel like that's just uh literally people are talking about how protective she is i know but just the way she talks about it like that's a fucking nonchalant like oh well my life just wasn't ready yet like what i mean fuck i mean what can you do you've lost what can you do uh quote fuck that will be the day to lock me up and throw away the key something i'm sure will happen one day that sounds fucking Real suspicious bad. as Real fuck, bad. bitch. Real bad. Real bad. Uh, and this is the last one. I'm tired all the time. Want to do nothing but sleep. It's not Craig. It's me. Plus, we don't get to go out to dinner or dancing together anymore. There isn't much. Well, there's no romance between us anymore. It's all, quote, let's make money and raise Laura. We've forgotten ourselves in the process. Sad how that happens. One of my problems is I've lost me again. I'm just Mrs. Craig Falbig now. I'm just Laura's mother as well. Where's Calf gone? A person in her own right who needs to have writing lessons, but probably better if I don't, then no one, not even me, will be able to read this when I'm gone. Yeah, that doesn't sound great either. I literally don't know how to react yet, and I'm trying. <laughs> why I put all of really those hard? That's why I put them in there to not be a judgmental bitch and say it sounds like you killed your it, children. I mean, it does. It absolutely it sounds, sounds like, like you your kids. it sounds bad. It sounds you real bad. and I that's have like, fucking postmortem. 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 Postpartum. Postpartum. <laughs> Postpartum depression. Yeah. Like the severe. The, the severe, whatever that one's called. Mm-hmm. That's what that I mean, sounds I, it like. It absolutely sounds like she has postpartum depression one way or another. Yeah. Some, to some degree. And You'd have to. You have to. I mean, you would And especially to. to be pregnant and had given birth that many times right. in that short amount of time. Your body doesn't know what the fuck's going on. No. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, I had my two youngest, you know, because you were there. <laughs> I my two youngest. Like a year, my two youngest are 11 months apart. But I was pregnant again after my youngest, and I would have had another one a year, a little over a year after him. Not again, not, it was a, a surprise. And uh, man, that was really hard. And I lost one of them, and it was a miscarriage earlier. So I can't imagine all. I can't even imagine all this. No. Um, 
Yeah. And then, of course, you're talking about trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma that you're not getting any fucking help for. Right? And you've got... She has the support of her friends, but no support at home. You know, more trauma happening at home. You get married and it... I'm not suggesting that the husband was or wasn't anything, but it doesn't sound like he was a super duper husband or they had a great marriage, at least later on. Right. And I mean, you know, he's obviously going through stuff too, losing the babies and everything else. So I'm not trying to suggest that he doesn't have his own traumas happening, but it it just doesn't sound like you just got the situation where you're basically alone. And those are thoughts you don't feel like you can fucking tell anybody. That's rough. It's terrifying. (laughs) Okay. Um, so Craig gave the journals to police who brought Kathy in for questioning. Uh, and they show this a little bit in the documentary. She denied any involvement in the deaths of her children. And I mean, they're asking her and they're like, did you kill? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Caleb. I almost said Craig. Did you kill Caleb? And she's like, no. Did you kill Patrick? She's like, no. Like she's, you know, adamant. No, I didn't do this. And by the end of it, she's crying. And it's like, no, I didn't do this. You know? Um, okay. So why did you write it? She denied any involvements in the deaths of her children, insisting that her journals were being misinterpreted. But again, I couldn't find the whole entries to be able to read all of it because this is just excerpts. Right. So we have no idea what she said before or after. We have no idea any other context. We don't have any of that. And that's not really a fair thing to judge on, but I'm sharing it because that's part of what she was judged on. Yeah necessary it's absolutely necessary um i think in 2000 the couple divorced i I didn't see that every place it was kind of hard to find so Uh, in 2001 kathy was arrested she was charged with murder in the deaths of patrick sarah and laura and manslaughter in the death of caleb along with maliciously inflicting grievous inflicting grievous bodily harm on patrick i think i think what they tried to prove was that she had given she had shaken him and he had shaken baby syndrome and that's why he died i think okay uh, it was said that the odds of four natural deaths of children in one family was one in a trillion. Oh my goodness gracious. Which sounds like it was part of that whole Meadows law mm-hmm. thing. Um, interestingly, Meadows was discredited right before Kathy's trial began. All of, he was, he's full of shit, but it seems like people were still kind of under the spell of what he was saying. And I think people have to have somebody to blame stuff on. People so often, we, we had a discussion about this earlier today, that people just can't say, you know, ha- have any kind of sympathy for people. They can't just say, like, this is a horrible tragedy that happened. They have to have someone to blame. They have to have someone to say it's your fault mm-hmm. with so many things. And I think that really uh, played against her in this, not to mention the fucking journals. <laughs> Uh, During the trial, uh, Kathy's ex-husband and her foster sister both testified for the prosecution. Again, I couldn't find anything that listed what they said. So in 2003, Kathy was convicted of the murders of Caleb, Patrick, Sarah, and Laura. Oh, my goodness. She was sentenced to 40 years with a 30-year non-parole period. I assume that's, you know, like, like what we have here. Just called something different. Uh, in 2005, after an appeal, this was dropped to 30 years with a 25-year non-parole period. Uh, it doesn't seem like there were any updates until 2018, when the governor of New South Wales ordered an inquiry into Kathy's convictions. This inquiry was to consider scientific advances in the medical field and new research. 
Uh, it turns out that a genetic variant and the COM2 gene that can cause arrhythmia or a regular heartbeat have been discovered in 2012, so well after her, her trial and conviction. As part of the inquiry, DNA from Kathy and her four children was tested for this variant. Uh, so they zoomed the bodies? I think they had, they, it said it was like, um, they had done like cheek, cheek swabs on the girls. Oh, okay. Had so had like, other, or okay. something like that. It was like okay. cheek swabs on two of the kids and it was uh, DNA from their foot poke. Okay. From the other yeah. two, something yeah. like okay. that. I think it was like, I think it was one of the girls and Patrick maybe was the mouth swab and the other two were the foot poke or something like that. Um, now, this variant was found in Kathy, Sarah, and Laura. Two teams of scientists were asked to analyze the findings. One team found that the mutation found in the girls was likely to cause disease. The other team found that the mutation's effect was uncertain. Okay. In July of 2019, a judge ruled that the information provided further showed that Kathy was guilty. I'm not quite sure how they figured that, but yeah. that's what they decided. Okay. Uh, and the judge said, quote, the only conclusion reasonably open is that somebody intentionally caused harm to the children and smothering was the obvious method. The evidence pointed to no person other than Ms. Folbing. Uh, this decision, of course, completely ignores the fact that there is no evidence that any of the children were smothered. So there's that. Would that show something different? Uh, yeah. I, feel I think like? there's, yeah. yeah, there's, there's um, different things. I did not pull up what it would show, but... There are signs of that. I okay. think. I think. Uh, so, I mean, I guess there are. If there, if they said there was not any signs of smothering, there must be signs of smothering, right? Right. <laughs> uh, in response, an international group of scientists did what scientists do. They studied the effects of the variant and found that it affected how calcium moves in and out of cells. Now, this is associated with two serious cardiac abnormalities. They also found that this variant behaved similarly similarly to one in the COM3 gene that was discovered in an American boy that died suddenly at age four and his sister who went into cardiac arrest while riding a carousel at age five. Holy shit. So there you go. Two siblings who have this kind of uh, an event happen. Uh, the data from this study was published in 2021, prompting 90 scientists from around the world, including two Australian Nobel laureates. To petition the governor of New South Wales to pardon Kathy. Whoa! Crazy. In May of 2022, a new inquiry was opened. While this inquiry was ongoing, another gene mutation was found to be common in all four of the Fulbig children, but not in Kathy, which means it came from their father, who has refused to give his DNA for testing. So, fuck you, guy. Uh, that mutation, the REM2, or REM2 maybe, I don't know, uh, also affects how calcium moves in the cells. Professor Peter Schwartz from Italy said, quote, the girls had a double hit as if they had two mutations, not one. Whoa. The combination of maternal and paternal DNA has represented a lethal cocktail. What? So, I mean, you're at, you're literally talking about two things, two different mutations that both girls had and the boys had one of them that do something that can cause an arrhythmia, which can kill anybody. Right. Much less a fucking baby. Um, other experts told the inquiry that it's likely that Patrick died to it due to airway obstruction caused by an epileptic seizure, which happens. I mean, um, Cameron actor, Cameron Boyce mm -hmm. just passed away a couple years ago from an epileptic seizure. Uh, we know Patrick had a life threatening seizure four months before his death that took away his eyesight. 
Uh, and then Caleb's death is still unanswered. But the finding of these different genetic mutations brings doubt to the suggestion that Kathy murdered Caleb, because if she didn't murder all three of them, then why do you think she murdered the first one? You know, right. Oh, if, right. So, um, on June 5th of 2023, holy ago, shit, uh, after serving 20 years, Kathy Falvig was pardoned and released from prison. Oh my God! 20 years! 20 years of a 30-year sentence. Oh I mean, my she... God, you poor, poor thing. Yes. And then, you know, they, they talked in the articles about how, you know, you're you're talking about someone who's in jail f- for killing kids, which in the hierarchy of prison means you are lower than the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. You are at the bottom. And so they t- talked about her being threatened and attacked and you know, having to be kept separate and all of those things that they do. I mean, so not only is she, how is she processing her trauma while she's in prison? Right. And then she's also being attacked and worrying for her safety. I mean, my God. And dealing with every single day that she's in prison for killing her children. Right. Absolutely. The people believe this. Uh, when asked about his ex-wife's pending release, Craig Falbig said, quote, I really have nothing to say. Oh, shit. According to his lawyer, he is frustrated and disappointed by the decision. This one, this part really pissed me off. His lawyer said, quote, he is the victim of this case. Uh, what? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And look, I'm not saying that he doesn't have, you Shut know. Shut the fuck up. He lost his children too. You know, he has that trauma as well. I get all of that, but. No. Shut up. No. <laughs> shut no, up. Just shut up. Uh. For Kathy's part, they said that she has moved into a flat on her best friend Tracy's property. And the video, they have a video online of the two of them, like when she gets out of the car and the two of them just like giving this like great big hug. And it's like the sweetest fucking thing I've ever seen. Oh my God. So I think she's fucking better off being there with her best friend than that dick she was married to. Anyway. Uh, So that is the story of Kathy Falvig. Holy shit. Like about halfway through, I fucking knew what yeah. you, I was like, and that too, I was like, oh, <gasps> don't react. Don't oh, give it away. <laughs> but, but I, yeah, I didn't know she was getting out. Yeah. She, she was released last week or this week, this week, this week. Fuck. Pardon because of all the findings. Holy. Yeah. I just can't, like you're shit. in prison shouting that you didn't do this over and over and over again and no one's fucking listening to you and then all of a sudden there's all this stuff and and you know there are still people that are like well that doesn't prove that she didn't do it you're absolutely right but what it proves is that there's reasonable doubt yeah and without further proof you can't put and her you don't in even prison. have any fucking proof right i don't know granted except, i don't know that's how australian law works except but. those journal entries right you have, what was there something you were gonna oh oh yeah that's right about so those? um so when she talked about uh i think it was sarah going with a little help yeah what she said she meant by that i'm not saying i believe this i just was like okay all right was she meant that god had come and taken her home was what she said she meant by that okay i'm not saying i believe that necessarily i don't know what i think she meant i don't i don't think she did any of it i think uh I, think her journal I would tell you her. your journal entries are sketchy as 
the absolutely but uh, also ha, ha, i you know i i feel ha. like we're not getting the whole thing yeah and i feel like a lot of it is guilt i mean you're and i, I don't mean guilt like she did it i mean you know you're the mom you're supposed to keep them safe and you yeah. didn't so it's your fault and anytime anyone dies that's what we do you, every right. single time every right, time right, 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 my right, mom right, right, died right. of a heart attack in her sleep right I and had she no had a lot happening. Way. It just her verbiage fucking sucks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But like I say, I think that we all do that. And I I mean, look, I, I could be wrong. Maybe she And did the it. thing is, is like you have to remember, it wasn't a note to a friend. It was right. a private journal entry. It was literally getting those thoughts out of her head. Right. And I think she probably had severe postpartum depression. Right. Right. But I mean, even even it just still, still is like, oh, whoa. Yep. It's hard hearing someone else say that. And I think that's why too, like when we when women have postpartum depression, we don't wanna say those things out loud to people because we know exactly what they're gonna think. I know what I would think if I heard someone say that, so I'm not gonna say it out loud. Right. And that's that's I mean, that's why you have cases like maybe not her case, but like Andrea Yates or uh who's the one that drove her kid Susan Smith. Um, those are the two that I remember. Those are two big high profile ones here in America. But I mean, you know, you do have stories. There was a recent one, uh, with a woman that killed her kids from, she was suffering from postpartum psychosis. Yeah, yes. And she's, she survived. She tried to kill herself, but survived. And people are just like, what a monster. Okay. She had postpartum psychosis. You fucking asshole. Right. I mean, she, there was Nothing no reason she shouldn't have been alone with those fucking kids. Right. And I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not saying it was someone's fault for leaving her there. I'm just saying that, you know, you're saying she's a monster, but you have to look at everything that happened. She she wasn't there. Right. And we're so unkind to moms. Whoa. Fucking crazy. Yeah, because what's the other one? The other one about the one being different and maybe that will keep her alive longer or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. What the Something f- about fuck saved her life that she was different. That yeah. What does that mean? Uh, where was it? Um, I didn't like that one either. Some of the other ones I can also like. Well, okay, all she right. She said okay, that the right. girls were di- were different. Sarah was boyish looking. Laura has definite feminine features. They are chalk and cheese, and truthfully, just as well, wouldn't have handled another one like Sarah. She saved her life by being different. What's that? Mm-hmm. Oof. That's what I have for that. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I, 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 I. I mean, maybe Good she did. for you. Maybe. Question mark. Right. Maybe I, she did. But at the end of the day, I think it still comes down to you can't, you can't, you have no, there's no proof or sign to any of that happened other than her thoughts in her journals. It's true. I have proof. That's fucked up, though. It is fucked up, absolutely. That's but also, I mean, like awful. I say, I think that wow. I think I think that we should, and I don't, I, I don't know what happened in her situation. I don't think she did it, but I think that women need to be able to get that shit out. Yes, and and you know, if you're having those kinds of feelings, if you're someone who's who's struggling, get help, man. There's no. There's nothing wrong with getting help. There's nothing wrong with needing help. If you needed diabetes medicine, you wouldn't say, I'm not going to do that because it's shameful. You'd go get the fucking medicine. Right. Same goes for your brain. Go mm-hmm. get what you need done. If you're wanting to hurt your baby, if you're wanting to hurt yourself, you don't have to feel that way. You're not alone. Not alone. 
Absolutely. Women out there that struggle with that every single day. For the love of God, go tell a professional and don't write it in your fucking journal. Don't write it in your journal. Go get help right away. People, watch out for your people. Absolutely. I feel like especially when you get that far in, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, well, that was crazy, Beth. Super crazy. <sighs> Whoa! I've been following that one for a minute. I literally, I think I still have the original article open on my phone from months ago that I was like, oh, I got to watch this one. This is fucking crazy. Oh, this woman didn't do this. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's, well, she's out. She's out. And I mean, she would have been out anyway. She Mm -hmm. wasn't in there forever, but. Yeah, but a pardon is. Yeah. 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 So I I think that, uh, I don't know. I don't think she did it. I think those. I do think those journal articles sound sketchy as fuck. I don't disagree. I can see why people are like, "Oh, she did this," but I don't think she did it. I don't know why. I just don't. Yeah. I don't I have mean, any hey, reason. Everybody has I don't know their her. intuition and their. I don't know her. It's not like I have a good feeling about her. Right. I just don't. You don't think know she her all the way in Australia. No, no. I just mean like you know like uh, like sometimes you can watch him like um, like the staircase. You can watch him and you can get an idea whether or not you think you did it. And maybe you're right. And maybe you're wrong. I don't have that idea from her because it's not like I have a bunch of shit where she's where it's showing her. Right. I just don't think she did it. Okay. Like Adnan was one that I was like, I don't know how I feel about him. I just can't read him. Yep. I, I don't know. I don't know about this. But her, it's not about reading her. I just don't think she did it. I just don't. I don't know. I think there's two. I mean, you have no proof that a murder ever occurred. There's no physical proof or suggestion that a murder ever occurred. That's true. So, how, how how do you put someone in jail when there's no them weird as fuck journal entries? That's what got her in jail. Well, of course, but what I'm saying, what I mean is, like, you, I mean, you're putting someone you in shouldn't jail be able to for, do that. I, mean, I, you know get what I mean, that, right. like, yeah, that's crazy to me. So, well, I don't know. Woof, woof. <laughs> I don't like it. Alrighty, well, jokes with Holly. Is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah, don't is. don't own the rights to these jokes. It's your turn, please, 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 please. please. <laughs> this one's fucking corny as fuck. <laughs> What's the difference between a greyhound terminal and a lobster with <gasps> boobs? <laughs> I don't know, but it's already funny. <laughs> One is a crusty bus station and the other is a busty crust station. (laughs) (laughs) Get it? (laughs) Crustation. Because it's a bus station. Uh, And he has boobs. I kind of feel like a busty crust station right now. (laughs) (laughs) These red boobs I have. Yes. <laughs> was that a crack at me? <laughs> if it was, I wouldn't care. No, oh, God. Uh, I definitely forgot to put all of our social media stuff down, but you guys know where to find us. And fucking give us a review. Come on. Go on there. Give us a rating. Five stars. Otherwise, you don't have to worry about giving us a rating. <laughs> Say we're fucking awesome. And, and yeah, leave us a note. My husband left one. It's really fucking weird because oh it's weird. So go on to, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go look at our reviews and yep. my husband's. You'll know which one it is. Ah. He's a weirdo. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Sweet dreams. Spookies.